Hello, I'm Jonathan Mast, and welcome to this week's Cedric Podcast. It's summertime, and it's probably hot where you are, and today we're talking about heat safety among workers. I have two great guests today to help share some insights uh, on this topic. Andy Kovacs, Manager of Risk Services Consultant for Cedric, and Dr. Teresa Bartlett, Senior Medical Officer for Cedric. Thank you both for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Well, let's just dive right in, as I'm seeing here sweating at my desk, uh, almost. Uh, it's feeling, feeling pretty warm. But, Dr. Bartlett, um, with summer underway in the Northern Hemisphere and above normal temperatures expected already, we've seen that, and the heat of, is on many of our minds, share some details about the short-term and potential long-term health risk uh, to heat exposure. Okay, I will. Thanks. Jonathan, um, it's it's a very interesting topic. I've seen some problems with it already this summer. Um, I live in Michigan, and we've had some real extreme heat um, in the past few weeks. So heat exposure to extreme temperatures can result in heat stroke, heat exhaustion, or even things like heat cramps or heat rashes. So heat stroke is when your body's internal temperature reaches over 103 degrees. This is a very dangerous scenario. I want to first talk about how this begins so that people can learn about the signs and symptoms. So heat exhaustion is the beginning of heat stroke. And what happens is your muscles get a little bit weak. You all of a sudden just start sweating and perspiring a lot more than normal. And you're feeling nauseous usually. You may even vomit or faint. Now, these can um, really put you at great risk of developing a heat-related illness. So um, be careful on this, right? So drink a lot of water. Try not to consume alcohol uh, while you're outside or while you're indoors doing activity. Um, And, you know, caffeine can also, Jonathan, put you at some risk. I know my friend Jonathan here loves caffeine. Um, and <laughs> yes, the, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, make sure that, you know, if you have someone who's elderly or has an altered health, you know, chronic disease, that we're watching, you know, for these signs and symptoms. So uh, the muscle pain is something to really look out for if all of a sudden you start getting cramping in your legs that's unusual for you then try to move to a cool place and uh or lie down drink water and whatever you can do get a fan get some towel anything to get yourself cooled off dr bartlett i i thought i just read the other day because you know one of my other activities besides drinking caffeine is is running running and, that's right <laughs> and, and it was a it was an article about a, a high performance runner who died of heat stroke on actually a very short run 
But the article also talks about one of the things you shouldn't do, which seems counterintuitive, is actually have people drink when they is it when you've had the actual heat stroke? Is that like drink liquids immediately? Well, extra extra or actual heat stroke is your body's above at a hundred and three or above, and it, you know usually those patients aren't exactly conscious. Um, you, that's why I was saying you want to catch it before that point and you want to take sips of cool liquid, you know, or a Gatorade. You don't want to just down ice cold water. Um, you know, a bath of water would be great, you know, but, um, you don't want to put your body into shock. So you want to just cool off, um, you know, in shade or a way, you know, that you can best do that. But there might have been some other factors with your your the article you read with the runner. Right. No, I think it was just talking about some again for anyone, and and that's kind of the next question is what what populations are more susceptible to heat related illness, even though I know it can be anyone. Yeah, I mean, first I want to mention, you know, we do have workforces that we service. So um, there are foundries in the United States where people work in extreme heat and they're wearing uh, full body protective um, PPE. So they're in, you know, Kevlar suits and masks and helmets and eye protection and it could be 130 degrees in a foundry so you know those people are at real susceptibility even in manufacturing plants in the heat in the summer if um, there aren't those huge fans or some form of conditioned air going around it can really cause uh, some issues but um, other populations would be children, elderly people, obese individuals, and people that maybe have a chronic disease like diabetes or heart disease. You never know what what someone, you know, is taking or what kind of uh, chronic disease they may have um, when they're experiencing these hot um hot situation. So, you know, right. I think we have to yeah. be mindful. Yeah, and let's let's jump over to Andy and then we'll come back. But as you know, Dr. Bartlett mentioned, you know, one particular area was people working in really hot conditions. But in your experience uh, in the risk consulting services area, what what other professions, uh places, you know, do you see this occurring and, and advice you could give to employers uh, looking to help their their employees during this time? Well, there are actually quite a number of professions that are susceptible to, to heat stress. And, you know, it's very obvious the uh, ones that work outdoors, like in agriculture or construction, as well as landscaping and, you know, oil and gas operations, those are very obvious. But the, the, least, the less obvious ones would be, the ones that work indoors. Now, Dr. Bartlett did mention, you know, a foundry. Obviously, they're, they're, uh, you know, taking 
metals and melting them down and pouring them into molds and things like that. So there is a, a big source of heat that can go in excess of 130 degrees. But we may not be thinking about other places like bakeries, you know, kitchens, laundries. You know, I don't know if you've ever worked in a kitchen where they've got a whole massive amount of ovens. That appliance generates a lot of heat, and it does make the uh, the environment fairly uncomfortable. Uh, you've got also, you know, in addition to that, manufacturing, warehousing. And the thing is, you, uh, Dr. Bartlett did mention the warehousing. Yes, there are fans out there that, that they use, and some of them are fairly large, and it circulates the air, but it still is a fairly you know, hot environment. So you have to really look at that and say, okay, you know, what is the air temperature out there? What is the heat index? And how much are we cooling it off inside? So you should have, you know, obviously uh, temperature gauges to, to gauge what the temperature is. And if it gets above a certain level, take uh, your preventive precautions. And are there certain, uh, Dr. Bartlett talked about some of the symptoms, but again, you know, I think the one about the kitchen working, you know, you've got thousands and thousands of fast food restaurants, restaurants and people in close conditions. So, you know, again, as, as what what are steps, you know, to, to observe? I mean, are there certain periods of time where it just makes sense to give people practical advice on, you know, step away, step out? Sure. Well, you look at some of the industries that I've mentioned already, for instance, landscaping and construction. What they typically try to do as a preventive measure is to start earlier. And so they may start at 6 o'clock in the morning when the, t- the air temperature is not as bad and finish up by noon. So they're not really working in the hottest part of the day, in the you know, mid-afternoon, where the temperatures, in my case in Louisiana, are in the 90s and the heat index is at 110 to 115. So, you know, those are some of the, the measures that, you know, I see in landscaping and in, in construction. One of the worst ones in construction, in my mind, is the roofers. And the roofers are actually sitting on top of the roof. And in most cases, the um, uh, the shingles that they're putting down are fairly dark and absorbing the heat. And so, you know, they're more susceptible because of that. But, yeah, again, they start earlier, maybe wakes up a few neighbors, but they start earlier and they finish early so that they're not working in the, the, the hottest part of the day, just as an example. No, that, that makes great that makes a lot of sense. And this question's for for both of you, but I'll start with you, Dr. Bartlett, uh, specifically on medical advice. And so Andy's talking about starting work earlier in the day, but again, as, as someone who does outdoor recreational activities myself, is there a rule of thumb, like how how much, how soon should you be hydrating, other things that that we can do to prepare for our next day or that day? We have to work in the any of the situations, even if it's just mowing our yard. Right. So I would say um, the the key is to stay hydrated and to have plenty of cold drinks available. And you'll see people, you know, even indoor activities, as Andy was talking about, employers during really hot days will have huge coolers with cold drinks available for workers and really encouraging people to consume them. The same with the landscapers and the runners, you know, to to not do it all at once when you're over hot, but to consume throughout the time that you're in this 
heated situation, the best next thing is to make sure that you take frequent breaks and that you find a place, even if it's the shade of a tree, that you can be uh, a little bit cooler and recognize those signs. So all of a sudden, if you, you get a headache, if you stop sweating, that is the sign of heat stroke. If suddenly you're extremely hot, your skin is dry, um, you may be very confused and have a headache. So it might be up to someone else to recognize that situation and get you to an emergency room because what happens is now your body is over the normal temperature and it can damage your brain and other organs. So being able to recognize this for other people is also really important. And Andy, back to you, when when you're working with a client, what you know, what are the recommendations if someone has experienced uh, heat-related illness at work on how they should return, how to ease them back into a uh, job or their legal requirements based on state or federal? Well, when you look at, you know, the exposures that, that employees are, are, are going through, one of the things that we try to do, at least in Louisiana, is to, number one, make their aware of the symptoms so that they can look after each other, the coworkers. But more importantly is to train the supervisors, the ones that are actually, you know, the foremen, the supervisors over the jobs, to recognize, number one, these are the symptoms of, of heat stress from heat cramps all the way up to heat stroke. We also teach them the first aid uh, methods behind you know, treating them, you know, if you get somebody that's in heat exhaustion, you know, take them, put them in a truck and turn the AC on to kind of cool their, their uh, body temperature down. But also knowing, you know, the symptoms, they can basically be a little bit more proactive in, uh, in preventing it from going further than just, you know, a, a heat exhaustion type of situation. But yeah, heat stroke is the worst. I've actually, believe it or not, had heat stroke myself at one time, a long time ago. But, one thing I also would like to mention, I'm sure Dr. Bartlett would, would confirm this, is that, yes, there are some people that are more susceptible to heat because of different conditions, but also my understanding is that there is a, uh, you know, if somebody is on heart medication, you know, for like high blood pressure, they're also more susceptible to, you know, uh, heat stress than, than the normal population. Well, one of the things that I like to, to stress is the fact that in Louisiana, this is one of the few places you can have 100% humidity without rain. But one of the problems that you have with with the, the high humidity, yes, it does create a heat index that is well in excess in some cases of the air temperature. But more importantly, because your body's defense, one of which is to sweat, and when you sweat, you basically – as the sweat evaporates, it draws heat away from your body. If you're in a high humidity situation, like 100% humidity, your body can't really evaporate the sweat. So, therefore, it's kind of suppressing one of your body's defenses against, you know, the heat stress. That makes total sense. Well, I, I think this has all been, as you said, Dr. Bartlett, I hope people will listen, think about it, and you know, I, I know for a fact one of the things 
as we close is just to remind everybody, regardless of your age and physical condition, this is something that can affect you. And so don't get overconfident. Don't be try to be too tough, right? I mean, we would we would advise right. everybody just, just take care of yourself and make sure you always have some cool drinks around in the summer. Yeah, I'm 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 old enough that I go back to when uh you play sports and they gave you three drinks, three gulps out of a water hose that'd been laying on the ground for <laughs> you, know, you know two you know, hours, so I'm not sure. Jonathan, <laughs> Even for runners or people who do sports activities outside, those cooling towels really work well where you can pour water on them and it can really help to keep the body cooled down. So there's there's strategies out there. Well, I would imagine so. And and I know from Andy's perspective, especially working with clients, you you give them a lot of great ideas. And so – as we wrap up, of course, if people want to learn more about our services and what we offer, you can always visit us at www.sedgwick.com. And, again, Andy Kovacs and Dr. Teresa Bartlett have been my guests, and they are great resources and full of uh, information if you're looking to help as we go through the summertime. And have a feeling it's not going to get cool anytime soon for a lot of us. So thank you for being with us today on the Sedgwick Podcast.